I was an engineer and in 2008 lost my job due to the economic collapse. Jobs were scarce. I didn't know where to turn to get help updating my resume. Online services and coaches charge hundreds, even thousands of dollars. I took matters into my own hands and learned how to craft interview-winning resumes. Shortly later, I landed a job with a Fortune 500 company. I have helped many achieve similar success. Now I share my tips to create interview-winning resumes, interviewing excellence, and high-performance growth strategies on my podcast, Career Growth Made Easy. As we start to approach the end of the year, it's a good time to take stock, take a look at our inventory, see what successes we had, but also what challenges or potentially even failures that occurred over the last year. Today's episode is number 131, Own the Issue, Not the Excuses. Ouch, I know, that sounds painful. Welcome to another episode of the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm Craig Ansell, your host. You know, it's no surprise that when you make a mistake, you can feel embarrassed, maybe even disappointed, or worse yet, hurt. This can happen even if you're someone that holds yourself to higher standards. You are a higher achiever, and you pride yourself on your strong work ethic, getting things done, being on time, and done correctly. But what happens when that's not the case? What happens when, despite all you do, an issue occurs? You might say you failed to achieve your target or your goal for that task, activity, or project. It may be natural to become defensive, thinking about reasons why you weren't the cause of the issue or the failure at hand. It might even be human nature to think about the role others played and to think about if anyone let you down or caused the issue at hand, rather than yourself. But stepping back, especially as you mature in life, both personally and professionally, you may start to recognize you are making excuses for your failed attempt or shortcomings. That's why I released today's episode titled, Own the Issue, Not the Excuse. If your first thought is to defend yourself, this issue may be for you. (laughs) And let me not excuse myself for leaving my cell phone volume on once again. Gee, you would think I would learn from this, huh? As I was saying, This episode may help you see things differently and think differently going forward. When issues occur, or worse yet, a failure occurs, how do you typically react? How do you handle your failure to follow a process or failure to catch something small before it explodes into something big? I bet you have some experience with that. I know I do. But what happens when something explodes? Well, both you and And the issue at hand, you usually get a lot of unwanted attention, a lot of unwanted help. There's a lot more cooks in the kitchen than are needed when that happens, usually. You know, thinking back, this discussion could also include a brief mention on risk management and issue resolution if you're not familiar with it. 
There's a few points I want to cover on today's episode, and one of them actually talks about owning the issue, not the excuse, right? If you typically start off with excuses or apologies, it can be a sign of weakness, especially if you're someone known to do that, both verbally and in writing, such as email. It's so significant of an issue out there that I have an older episode all the way back to number 19, and it was titled, Don't Start With an Apology. You might want to listen to episode 19 because I give some examples of ways that people typically do start conversations both in writing and verbally with an apology, and again, over time, it can actually degrade your level of professionalism as other people see you and overall hurt the level of expectation others have of you, because eventually, with enough repetition, they will want to approach you with a task or a challenge or a problem to solve, and almost immediately think you're going to come up with a reason or set of reasons as excuses why you can't achieve it or you don't have time. So go back to one, excuse me, go back to 19 to listen to Don't Start With an Apology. My next point I want to raise on today's show is about this critical fact. Listen carefully. If you, in fact, own the issue and not the excuse, here's what you get. Your effort failed. You are not a failure. Okay, I'll say it again. Your effort failed at that attempt. You are not a failure. Now, I recall an older episode as well that I talked about failures, and it was episode 23. It was titled, Building Success Through Failure. I don't recall all the details of that specific show, but I can tell you sitting here today, as we approach the end of 2022, and all the challenges we faced in life so far, the multiple waves of COVID, wars going on, Uh, some difficulties with the economy, inflation, job loss, reduced hours, a number of things. I can tell you that part of today's show, owning the issue and not the excuse, will also involve you increasing your confidence or at least taking a level, excuse me, taking a look at your own level of confidence. If you don't have confidence to act, that can cause an issue in itself. As a result, You might become defensive when asked or challenged about a situation, and you might want to give some type of excuse. If you catch yourself doing those things, and it's something you'd like to work on, this episode should help you, as well as the other episodes I've mentioned. I'll also put the episode links in the show notes, as I do with all my episodes. That way you can go back, click, and listen freely when you have time, and you don't need to stop what you're doing now and take notes, although you're always welcome. All right, so we've talked about not starting with an apology. We've talked about your efforts failed. You are not a failure. And then I want to ask you something. When an issue arises or when a failure occurred, did you learn from this failure? That's a really big one. Especially at your regular performance reviews, potentially end of year or end of your uh, uh, fiscal cycle. When you meet with your team leader, manager, supervisor, whatever the case is, company owner, they're going to talk to you about your performance. In some situations, you lead those discussions and explain what you feel accomplished, 
what your strengths were, and so forth. In other areas, they come prepared with a list of what they perceive were your contributions and your accomplishments as well. Many times, successes are included because, again, they're your accomplishments, the value that you thought you provided or that the company's, from the company's viewpoint they felt you provided. However, there usually is at least one area for improvement, if you will, a weakness. And that's something where this topic, did you learn from this failure, can come up. If you're asked, what was your biggest failure or what was your biggest challenge this year? This is where you could talk about it. Knowing that it happened is fine. However, it's better to realize you need to learn from it. What happened? Why do you think it happened? And if it were to happen again, what would you do about it? Better yet, there's something I'm going to talk about besides lessons learned. Learning from this failure, there's something called best practices. That's after you've learned a lesson about a mistake, an issue, a failure. It is where you put in a practice or a process to do things better, hence best practices. You can take best practices from your personal life and apply them into your professional life and vice versa. In fact, over the years, learning from my automotive engineering experience as well as my energy management settings, it's helped me become a higher performer and a safer performer. I'm going to talk about that in a little more detail shortly. But before we wrap up on this last point, lessons learned. Okay, a mistake occurred, I learned my lesson. Typically, when we were kids, we would say, I won't do that again. But really, did it happen again? It it absolutely could have, right? What you need to do, especially as you mature in your personal and professional lives, is to take on a process of employing best practices. Learning from your lessons, especially those critical issues or critical problems or failures, to put it more harshly, a failure. Ooh, it's so defining, right? Well, why am I using that word? It can be a trigger word for some, meaning it heightens your emotions or peaks your emotions. But really, what happened? You failed to achieve a goal. You failed to complete that task, or maybe you completed the task or action, effort, project, partially, but not on time not on budget, or something else happened, right? There was some other variable that you were not able to satisfy, some other requirement. That's where that best practice comes in. At the end of the year, you can use that best practice and say, well, one of my areas of weakness this year, or one of my challenges, which is a better way to say things, one of the challenges I faced this year was X. Here's what I've learned from it, and here's what I'm employing so that I will make stronger efforts for this not to occur in the future. If you have that mindset, and if you adopt that practice, it will make you a better person professionally and personally, and you might even be seen as somewhat of a a thought leader, someone with vision, someone thinking forward instead of living in the past and kind of sulking in your problems, right? So that's just a different way to see things, owning the issue. Yes, it happened. I realize it now. I've got a whole bunch of help, a whole bunch of cooks in the kitchen here, more than needed. Actually, it's almost a bit of chaos because everybody wants to lend a hand to resolve the issue at hand, to resolve the problem. After that, 
You've got to start thinking next steps, how to recover from the issue, how to recover your project if it is a larger project or program, and how do you get back on track, hopefully with very little to no schedule impact and with the least cost impact to your company and to your end customer. Now, I realize I do work with multi-million dollar projects and multi-million and multi-billion dollar customers in the power industry. So you might not be in my specific shoes. And thankfully, you could have a much smaller responsibility role. You may be earlier on in your career and not have these responsibilities. That's fine. But everything is scalable, at least what I believe. Everything is scalable, meaning I could be working on multi-million dollar contracts. You could be working on couple thousand dollar, couple hundred dollar contracts, or couple hundred dollar projects. It doesn't matter. Everything is scalable, meaning the level of intensity and the level of responsibility that I have are appropriate with my job and the requirements of my position. But for you, your position starting out in industry, entry-level positions, entry-level workforce will be your responsibilities, your um division of responsibility should be equivalent to that. So where your tasks, your responsibilities, your issues may occur, they'll be relative to your position. You can start out small and start out slow, owning the issue and not the excuse. You might want to almost like kind of challenge yourself going forward, regardless of what workforce you're in or industry. When something happens, pause for a moment and see how you intended to react? Was it your typical, oh, that shouldn't have happened. Why did they do that to me? Now, that's a funny one. I'll take a pause for a moment. They. I don't know who they are, but others let me down. I'm not the reason this happened. I didn't cause the issue. I didn't cause the failure. They did. The last person that touched this project, this item, this tool, this this component, they're the ones that did it wrong. I was doing it my way, and something happened when they put it on or assembled it last. So whoever they are, I don't know who they are. But those people, those theys, they get a bad rap. And I'm smiling. I'm saying that jokingly. I hope you can hear my (laughs) emotional intensity over the microphone. But it, it just, you know, it's like looking back in the mirror and taking some ownership. I recommend looking in the mirror, especially prior to interviews, especially prior to any significant discussions you're going to have, or if you have any speaking engagements or meetings that you're going to be leading, really important to get your mannerisms, your posture, your confidence level, your eye, set, um, eye gaze, your eye set prepared for whom you're going to look to and what level of confidence you're going to portray and the level of sincerity, depending on the topic. Well, backing away from they for a minute, let's see what else we have here. I mentioned about lessons learned and best practices as we get ready to close up this episode. And I'll tell you something from uh, something from my days of professional work experience that I've learned. For instance, I didn't know that prior to my both my automotive engineering and my energy project management roles, that there were different levels of protection for cut-resistant gloves. You know, often our field service employees and those that go out into the field to do hands-on work will need to have something called PPE or personal protection equipment. That can range from gloves, goggles, special protective shoes or booting, certain types of clothing, even uh, flame-resistant or fire-retardant clothing, eye shields. There's just a number of things. Okay, but 
talking about this simple item here, gloves. I didn't know there were different levels of cut-resistant gloves. The former standards from ANSI, which is one of the companies that ranks the protection of these gloves, had a level of 1 to 5. The new standard, developed a few years ago, expanded these levels up to level 9. The higher the level, the greater degree of cut resistance. Now, mind you what I'm saying. I'm not saying cut-proof, okay, because that doesn't really exist. With enough force, with enough uh, accidental trauma or energy to your hand or to a glove, almost anything can be cut through, or at least damaged. That's why they use the word resistant, cut-resistant. For now, this discussion, though, to kind of leave something in your mind, I've used these types of gloves for personal projects at home, my automotive maintenance and upkeep, certain types of yard work where I'm trimming trees or bushes, maybe even cutting some trees down after a storm. These particular gloves have become a lifesaver with regards to uh, light or moderate injuries to my hands, abrasions, cuts from things as, as significant as chainsaws right? Sometimes things will happen where a chainsaw will kick back after you're cutting something, or you hit a knot or a rut in a tree stump that you weren't expecting, and the chainsaw could cut back. And you're really thankful when you have that proper protection on, because it could save you from a trip to the hospital or even stitches or worse yet. Now, going back and generalizing this discussion, what takeaways from your work life can you implement in your personal life that will make you a better person? On the other hand, what takeaways from your personal life can you share in your professional life that may help you communicate and perform better? I hope today's episode has given you some food for thought, thinking about the ways that you approach challenges at work, when and if issues arise, you might consider how you respond to those issues, not only about the ownership but reducing the amount or frequency of the excuses that you might typically offer? And also, what lessons could you learn from that event, forming eventually your personal set of best practices? If your best practices appear to be appreciated and liked by your immediate team and even your management team, you might want to offer sharing those at a quarterly, semi-annual, or annual meeting. It could just be a few minutes of sharing, right? Nothing grandiose, no major slide deck or presentation, but you could just get up and speak to an issue that you had, the lesson that you learned, and what you're doing personally for best practice going forward. I think it's great to share. I think it's great to give back. And that's why I have this podcast out here, Career Growth Made Easy. I am so glad that I have each and every one of you as a listener of mine. And I look forward as we get closer to 2023, starting out a fresh brand new year, and all the cool new topics, and sharing with you some of the new schools and platforms that I'm visiting, and also some areas that I'm going to be speaking at. So there's a lot of new things coming up. So I'll tell you this, when I make mistakes, I'm going to make a more significant effort to own the issue and not the excuse. I have been your host, Craig Ansell. God bless you. Please, if this episode has helped you, even in a small way, please share it with friends, family, and coworkers because we're looking to grow step-by-step, brick-by-brick. And also, feel free to leave comments on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you listen to because we appreciate your ratings. Each and every one makes another step in the right direction for our growth, for Career Growth Made Easy. 
Thank you very much. God bless you. We will talk next week.